0: This episode of BHAB Podcasts includes conversations on body dysphoria and self-harm. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a Private Practice Recap Podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 4, Episode 2. Episode 2, Shortcuts, was written by Sone Washington and directed by Mark Tinker. It aired on September 30th, 2010. Enjoy! Today we have a very special guest host on the pod. Please welcome actor, director, teaching artist, inclusion activist, and host of the podcast Conversations with a Mixed Chick, Christina Pena! Hi everyone! Oh, I forgot to say you're my friend.
1: Okay, do you want to Should redo I... it to say you're my friend?
0: No, it's fine. Should I say happy... <laughs> Should that be at the top or the bottom? What do you think? Like the most important is that I'm your friend or the least important is that I'm your friend? Not like that your hot podcast is the least important. Where <laughs> it go?
1: I think the most important is that you're my friend.
0: Okay, cool. Back up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> most important. My friend, actor, director. All right. So Yay. who are you? Like, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh my gosh, I hate this question. But um, I am a actor, director, teaching artist, inclusion <laughs> an activist, and host of a podcast. And I'm Sam's friend. I now it goes a... to the bottom. Yeah, I know. I'm a, a mixed race artist who loves everything entertainment industry. So I love TV film. I love the theater. I love art. I love basically everything about art. And yeah. I like to talk about it. So this is really exciting. I have lots of opinions. I'm working to make it better. And I'm working to make it better. I'm trying my best.
0: (laughs) Although I do feel like that is what, like you can love something and that's all fine and great. But if you love something and you work to make it better, I feel like that shows how much you actually love it is. If you're like, this is great. This is really wonderful. I love it. I enjoy it. But it could be better for everyone. And I feel like that's what you do, which is so great.
1: I think being able to critique something you love is really hard because there's so much good in our industry Mm -hmm. and there's so much we work towards, but we're not there yet. And we can do so much better. And knowing someone can do better makes people do better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So how did you come to Gray's private practice, the Shondaland universe? Like what made you
1: become interested in the Gray's universe? So I was really depressed in 2018. This sounds like bad to start this way, but I was really depressed in 2018 and I had like just lost my job and I was having this like existential crisis and I decided to watch all of Grey's Anatomy. Yes, ma'am. Which is like uh, probably not the best thing when you're having an existential crisis, but... (laughs) Or is it? it? I mean, it, it made me realize that I really love... TV and film, and that TV and film can do some, like, really cool things Mm -hmm. that you kind of forget as a theater artist sometimes. So I watched all of it, and then I, like, tried to keep up, and it didn't happen, so I just let it go again. And then in 2020, I uh, had to quarantine because of the coronavirus, and I watched all the seasons again, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay... Now I get, it, I get it more now, and so I I watch it all again, and I now keep up with it, so I'm current. So, but I think there's something about binging it that makes it kind of special because you can watch so much at once and not have to like wait the time that everyone else does. Yeah,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. it's so funny to hear people because I was watching way back in 2005, and it was it's really funny because to me. George is like obviously an OG, but George is such a big part of Gray's to me mm-hmm. and Lexi is such a big part of Gray's to me, but people who binged it are sometimes like, oh yeah, I remember that person because they're not there for very long, but they make such an impact. I think it's because I was keeping up with them every week that it was you know
1: so big. And you cared about their stories more Not that I don't care about their stories but
0: stories I think mean their are lives yes. <laughs>
1: their lives
0: yeah yeah no absolutely it's a running joke on this show for those of you who are maybe listening for the first time today it's a running joke on the show that um i believe that these people are my friends uh, deep down in my heart so i get really sad when they die or when bad things happen to them
1: i also have to say i think that makes them good that's how you can tell there's good writing Uh is you care about the characters more because there are shows i love that i'll watch like And care about them, but, like, not really. I really care about the Grey's Anatomy characters. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, every time I see a bus, I think of a certain character. Every time I see a ferry boat, I think of another character. Every time I see a train, I think about the bars
1: that are in the train. Oh, my God. Every time I I, um, go to hospitals, I think about Grey's Anatomy. And I spent a lot of the hospital in the last, like, year. Yeah. I, like, I think about it a lot. I'm, like... I know. I'm like, can we just like not have any like crazy men come in and like, please?
0: Oh no! How I think about it is say someone. I feel. I also feel like it brings levity to to the situation when you can go in and say, "Oh, that nurse was definitely a Doctor Bailey," or "Oh, that nurse was an Owen." All right. So, how much of each have you watched? I know you've watched all of Grey's, but how about Private Practice?
1: Okay, so I tried Private Practice after I watched Grey's the first time. And I didn't mm-hmm. love it. And I don't know why. But then the second time I watched it, I started watching private. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. It's not the same. Yeah. But I, I can't tell if I like it or dislike it. I like it because I watched the episode, obviously. But yeah, I'm like on this fence of like, do I like push through it? Or do I not? Yeah. And
0: yeah. So how much of it have you watched?
1: Like, oh, I've watched, like, probably, like, two and a half seasons.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And I've watched the episode we watched for this podcast.
0: Yes, so we don't have to worry about you accidentally spoiling things, and we can genuinely ask you what you think is going to happen next.
1: Oh my gosh, yes, please.
0: Okay, great, 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 great. We have a section <laughs> called Melissa's Musings that's usually done oh. by our friend Melissa. What is Christina's? Christina's <sighs> Convo's? Christina's. We'll think of it. We'll think of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We have time. Yes. Do you have a favorite Shondaland character? So that's including Grey's Anatomy, Piper Practice, Station 19, Scandal,
1: How to Get Away with Murder, For the People, The Couch, and Off the Map. Okay, I love The Catch. It might be my favorite Shondaland show, which Hot take. is not a common answer. But please, I tell love it. Yeah, who's your favorite character? Okay, but my favorite character is not that show. My favorite character is Penelope in Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. Do we count Bridgerton? Yeah. Okay. my It's Penelope because of, like, inclusion, and, and I love her. I just love her. I love how awkward she is because I am so awkward. I would not fit into any of those situations. I would be the one in the corner petting a dog.
0: <laughs> Legitimately me. Yeah. <laughs> um, our friend Jonah wrote like a Bridgerton the musical before the actual Bridgerton the musical so I was his Penelope and I was so honored it was we did a duet of Colin and Penelope circa season one and it was it was great
1: I cannot wait for season three I'm yes Mm. very excited so
0: do you have a favorite Grey's Anatomy character like in our universe or Station 19
1: I feel like it's there's no wrong answer I feel like I have to say, well, I feel like I have to say Christina. Oh. First off. Yeah. Um, But, like, that's really true. I was watching the other day the, um, am I allowed to give spoilers? Oh, yeah. So we are a totally
0: Grey's Anatomy spoiler podcast. Just not private
1: practice. Great. I was watching the episode the other day where she's pregnant. Oh, God. Especially with Roby Wade right now. And yeah. I was like, I, you love to hate Christina, but there's moments where Christina does things that, like. I never thought I would have the balls to do Mm -hmm. and that scene with her and Owen where she's like, I don't want a baby. Just like that one. I thought you meant one ectopic pregnancy. No, no, no. The one where she's like, I don't want a baby. And it was like that thing that kills me because it's like, he wants a baby so bad that she doesn't. And like, what do you do with that? And her having the power to be able to say that is really powerful to me.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that answer. Thanks. Yes. thanks mom of course so what else <laughs> <laughs> what else are you reading or watching right now
1: oh my god I just read um
0: what's it called <laughs>
1: sounding really bad
0: I don't know you have to tell me
1: <laughs> oh my god I just listened to a book on tape the other day and now I can't remember what it's called Ah! Oh! I just read the body keeps score okay um which is about like trauma we hold in our body and like how past trauma can affect us throughout our entire life without even knowing it, which is like beautiful. Okay. And then like I that read in the show notes. Wait, I'm looking at this other one because it's like a ro- I, I love a romance novel, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, and you're gonna love it because it's a book romance novel. Like it's like about books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, of course I would like not know the title of the book I literally just read. <laughs> Oh, it's called "By the Book" by Jasmine uh, Guillory. I think is how you say your last name, uh, and she exclusively writes women of color love stories. Ooh! And they're set most of the time. They're set in San Francisco, which is about where I live. So it, it's kind of like I can escape into a romance about my own town. Yeah. Without having to go on a date with crazy men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That tracks.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast before I ask you what your other favorite podcasts
1: are? Yes. So my podcast is about artists that I love and having open conversations about hard things. So we talk about race, we talk about gender identity, we talk about sexuality and how it affects the art that you make and whether you choose to bring it in or not. And just like how much i love people because Mm -hmm. i forget we forget to tell our friends we love them which is sad and we should do it more often sam i love you in case you didn't know i know i was gonna Um, say
0: i feel like we you and i do that a lot
1: yeah i mean you forget the power of like telling someone that they're special because people forget that they're special all the time
0: i can already feel my listeners falling in love with you and i'm really excited for them to get to know you because you're awesome (laughs)
1: Same girl, same.
0: I can like see their faces being like, "Wow, I need to follow this person." Mm, well, so what you. are your other? Oh, of course, what are your other favorite podcasts besides you know mine and yours?
1: Um, Getting Curious by Jonathan Van Ness. Oh yeah, it's like the reason I love podcasts. Mm-hmm. Which is sad, but um, I love the idea of being able to explore different parts of the world that you want to talk about, even if you're not a uh, qualified to talk about them okay. like, I think there's something really interesting being unqualified, talking to someone who is qualified and learning the like where you fit in in that
0: it's like when you feel free to learn and ask questions without judgment
1: yes judgment's mean, don't be judgy yeah do you have anything to promote? not really, but like okay. I promote I promote my friends so you should listen to this podcast more you get your this one that
0: to- they're already to- listening to.
1: You should get your friends to listen to this podcast. So I'm here to promote Beach Houses and Babies, and everyone should tell their friend to listen to this podcast.
0: Oh my god, you're you're the best. Thank you. So, where can we find you online for all of my listeners who are currently falling madly in love with you?
1: So, all of my accounts on like all social media are at Pri Donna Pena. I don't know why, but I just think it sticks and it's like a cute little like thing. And then uh, my acting website is ChristinaPena.com. Thank you very much. Oh my God, you're welcome.
0: Okay, so our listener Jade said, guys, so I should preface this. Last episode, we were talking about Sam and Dink playing that one-on-one basketball. And Jade mm-hmm. thought it was really funny that Margot said, guys being dudes game. She said, I'm wheezing. <laughs> and then Margot said, what else could I have called it? And I said, dudes being guys. But uh-huh. Jade came up with an even better one, an even better one. The one to win all ones. Masketball. Like masculine. Masketball.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Got it. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: So that is our A plus listener mail for the week. Yeah,
1: Sounds great. (laughs)
0: All right. So before we begin, I should say that because Christina and I are so passionate about a lot of things, sometimes we butt heads, but I feel like that's going to be really fun to listen to. And also, I feel like for these things, we're on the same page, but I just wanted to warn you that we are not actually fighting. If we Mm -hmm. sound like we're arguing, we're not. We're just passionately debating.
1: And that's healthy conversing. Yeah, that's how you grow. You should have healthy conversations with your friends because they're not going to judge you the way that other people in the world will. And if they judge you, they're not really your friends.
0: I was going to add that on. I'm glad that you said it. (laughs) All right, so our patient breakdown. We have first notes and miscellaneous per usual. We're going to talk about Jane Finch, who has an amputated penis. We're going to talk about Sydney Harris migraine. Zach Harris, who has autism and a PCP overdose. And then a little separate from miscellaneous, but still kind of miscellaneous, we're going to talk about the merger. Because I feel like we should shed a little more light on that than what originally was there. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. What is your first note, Christina?
1: Um, Well, so I think that in 2010, when the show was done, it is extremely interesting that they chose to tackle a transgender character so like Mm -hmm. big props to taking a stab at it I think we could do better yes but I think that that even trying is more than most shows would do at the time
0: I have yeah I have a lot of notes about that when we get to Jane's section
1: oh sorry that was my Jane section
0: Oh no, that's okay. Do you have any first notes are like, no, you're totally fine. First notes are (laughs) things that happen in the episode before the patients come in.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Phone call during sex. Yes. Okay. Ready? Phone call during sex, red flag. Answering a phone call during sex, multiple red flags. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who's worse.
0: Mine is similar. I said, "LOL," at them having a phone schedule, <laughs> but I was thinking about it because today all of that would just be texting, and you can get to it whenever you get to it. But I w- in 2010, I still had 100 texts a month that I could use. Okay, so that I get why they're not texting. Like I had 100 texts a month, and I had something like three hours or something out of network phone minutes. Before nine PM, mm. after nine PM, everything was fine. So I get why they're not texting, but I feel like some of our younger listeners are like, "Why are they calling on the phone? Who calls on the phone?" But in twenty ten, you did, and you didn't have unlimited texts.
1: I think that also, like, ph- calling on the phone is like how we we Zoom or FaceTime now. Like, I feel like the I feel like especially during the pandemic, like I FaceTime people more because I don't see them as much. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something more intimate about calling someone than texting someone, and that's why I, I feel like they're. Their relationship is it sets up how intimate their relationship is, and how friends can be intimate without being yes. lovers.
0: I agree. I agree. I also just wanted to shed a light on how um, in season one, my co-host Jackson was his number one pet peeve was showing up to a house unannounced. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all that jacks and uh... yes. <laughs> still listen so hey Jackson we uh we're we're thinking of you with this showing up to houses unannounced absolutely <laughs> do you have any first notes before we get to Jane i'm so excited to talk about jane with you
1: i think all my notes are not about jane cool no nope. you mean i'm going to talk about jane
0: do you mean the show like jane's storyline i you have, have to have some about jane's storyline
1: no no so i took so you can cut this out i took notes as Jane Finch, yes. Sydney and Adam, yes. Adam right? Sydney and Adam. Zach merger. Zach, Zach, Sydney and Zach merger, and then like miscellaneous notes.
0: Okay, sweet. So we can move on to Jane. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> I took a bunch of quote notes. So so did I. Okay. So did I. Okay, great. Um,
0: <laughs> my my first note is when Jane says to Charlotte, "You haven't met many women like me," and Charlotte says, "Not enough," and no that is the right answer and why I love Charlotte King because yeah. with her background, she easily could be extremely transphobic or at least subconsciously transphobic, but she is treating Jane like any other urology patient she would have coming in to see her.
1: And Absolutely. I
0: think that's really special.
1: I do too. I think it's, it's beautiful how They addressed more of, like, the psychological side of what it's like to transition than just, like, the idea of, like, wanting to chop off your penis, which, like, made me laugh. That line when she's like, you're gonna chop off my penis, and just, like, smiles and smirks, and I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think that there's something really beautiful in, like, understanding the psyche of what it's like to be a trans person, Mm -hmm. and how people around you must support you to move forward in that journey.
0: There was a lot of, I didn't write down these quotes and you might have them, but after she's denied by Sheldon, Jane says things to Charlotte, like, I need him to understand that the pain and the sadness within me is not me. It is what has inhibited me from being myself. And that is what that is. I am not a sad person. It is my circumstances and the body that I was
1: born into. hmm There was a statement. I forget. It's like, They said, Charlotte says, isn't that a lot to ask from someone who feels like they've been trapped in the wrong body? There was something about it that was so, like, poignant at Sheldon, because obviously having a white man tell a black trans woman that he is not going to let them pass, it was, like, very heartbreaking to watch because it's a, a total look at our patriarchy right now and how white men control what's happening to anyone who is not white men. And it's very sad that that's the journey that um, Jane has to go through, but it's also very real. And so I commend the show for putting a, a real story like that on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You said something and I had something to say and then I forgot because what you said was so good.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: um, because you don't know what is going on with this tension between Sheldon and Charlotte, I just wanted to let you know that they were together.
1: She chooses then, the other
0: guy, right? And she chooses Cooper. Yeah. Yes. But she accepts Cooper's proposal on the same night as her and Sheldon's first real date after being together for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And I also wanted to let you know that this is seemingly a little bit out of character for Sheldon because we here at BHAB podcast have been very pro Sheldon in all mm. forms because he has been wonderful in so many situations. So that's why it was extra shocking for me to see him handle Jane's storyline in this way.
1: You don't think he, I think he was actually, and this is like hard to say I understand the necessary like meeting with psychologists to be fully prepared, especially because I don't know. I feel like there's like, uh, yes, Sheldon looks like he's a bad guy by saying no. But like, was he wrong? I think there's a difference
0: between him saying outright no and saying I need to meet with her a few more times before mm-hmm. the surgery mm-hmm. can happen. and mm-hmm. And I do think that Charlotte holds a bit of the blame for that because she said that her surgery is scheduled for the next day like everything mm-hmm. is prepped for it and maybe slash definitely the second sign off should not have been the day before
1: uh yeah that would not be a thing I feel like that would so, not be a thing and
0: and I think that that is part of Sheldon Sheldon's logic of like ethically I need to be able to sign off on this like I'm not just gonna sign a prescription pad and go
1: and all of those surgeries are very expensive. Yeah. Those are a lot. To have to save up for and and be prepared for. Well,
0: she already had saved up. No,
1: I know, but if if, if they had had to cancel the appointment which they did, she would have had to pay some of it and like that kind of like our healthcare oh. system sucks.
0: Oh. I didn't think about it that way. Our healthcare oh, system yeah, sucks. Oh yeah, that's
1: extra. Yeah, no, that's extra. Yeah. That's
0: that's unforgivable. Yeah. So I want to talk Briefly, on mm-hmm. the person who played Jane, mm-hmm. I did a little research on Daryl Stevens. I know that Me you're too. doing our guest star spotlight. Is is Daryl our guest star spotlight? I th- yes. I thought so. Uh-huh. I, his work is really great. So I say him because his pronouns in his Instagram are he, him, and they're posted there, which is how I know that. And also that's a feature that we all should be using to support inclusion. So if your pronouns are not in your bio and you're comfortable sharing them, just take that step and do that for yourself and for the world just to uh, be as full of an ally as we can be. So I am not privy to this actor's gender identity, how he identifies or his feelings on the matter. But as an actor, I'm not here to tell him that he should not have taken this role in 2010 Mm -hmm. because he treats her with, with respect and he treats the whole situation with respect. Today, I do not think that a cis man would be cast to play that role. And it also gives me pause because in earlier seasons of Grey's, before this chronologically airs... Um, Alexandra Billings plays a trans character on Grey's Anatomy and she is a trans woman so I feel if this were to be redone that it absolutely should be a trans woman playing this role but as we said before they use Jane's correct pronouns at all times which is comforting and they do not make a joke out of her in so many other shows at this time and even now make jokes out of trans and non-binary people, which is inexcusable to me. But Shondaland consistently brings issues to light with respect much earlier than other shows. And I think, as you were saying, that this is a part of that. So I really appreciate that.
1: I also have thoughts. I (laughs) Because I agree. I think that something I've noticed with trans roles in shows and in film are the traumatic storylines. Yes. So, like, that's something I figure you'd have to talk to a trans person to address because a trans... Like, if a trans woman wanted to play this role, how would they feel about having a scene where they have to, like, mutilate themselves? Yes. And talk about their genitalia so much. And talk about it a lot. So, like, I don't want to put a trans woman in harm's way to deal with that trauma. Mm -hmm. I think that the 2010 experience of a trans woman is very different than like a 2022 trans woman, like how they are allowed to present. Yes. In the world. Allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Allowed. Right. Yes. Like that's like, the word is like, should not be allowed, but like, that's how it's seen yeah. as like are, how they are there. Choose yeah. to present even.
0: Yeah. hmm This is, I wish that we could see more stories of trans joy and have them not connected to trauma or plagues. I'm talking of the AIDS crisis, but like I want, I want more stories of trans joy, not connected to transitioning, not Mm -hmm. connected to diseases, not connected to sex work, even though those are all very valid, very valid ways of showing the trans experience and very lived experiences. I don't know. I just want to see people living as people.
1: I Couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. And I was also thinking because this show, we didn't see it much in this episode at all, but this show has so much to do with babies, i.e. beach houses and babies, Mm -hmm. of uh, fertility treatments and pregnancy. I don't know. There are just so many more joyful experiences that we could have had.
1: Oh, yes.
0: I'm just glad that this story was told and that the light was shed on this person and her experiences.
1: Yeah. I do have to say, my nitpick, my only nitpick with her storyline is I wish that when you get to, like, the the scene like, her last scene before uh, in the hospital, I wish she had a wig. Like, I, the scene oh, where she's yeah. in bed, it just, like, it or not even a wig, but, like, her natural, like, I just, like, there, it feels very, like, I'm a man now mm-hmm. instead of, like, I'm a trans woman like it just it just took it away from like the beauty of like like when she walks into the room in charlotte's office she looks so angelic in the door that like when she leaves and all this happens it just it takes away the femininity and it's really sad because i wish like she got to have that in her story yeah
0: i do have to say i did like the silk wrap on her head at the last scene that she's in
1: right but she didn't have that in the the scene in the bed yeah Sorry, I'm trying not to give spoilers. That's fine. (laughs) No, no, no. You can give spoilers on this episode. Okay, great. Okay. (laughs) I've been, like, trying to, like, tiptoe around, like, how do you talk about a penis?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. This episode and any episodes before this are good to go.
1: Understood now. That scene.
0: (laughs) I have a note that says, Charlotte bringing up her relationship with Sheldon, but going for bat for her patient, I respect. Oh, I feel like I didn't really get Charlotte being like, this is because I chose Cooper. Mm. I didn't really get her saying that to Sheldon, but again, going to Pat,
1: going to bat for Jane, I respect. Agreed. I mean, it's a drama. You have to add the drama of relationships. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. There's another thing that Sheldon says to Jane, or is it. Charlotte that says to Jane about Sheldon one of them say you have to work through the pain not smile through it that's I just Sheldon. feel like yeah I, I yeah I feel like Sheldon doesn't have a right to tell Jane how to deal with her trauma and live her life like yes he's a psychiatrist and that's maybe why he thinks he has a right to do that but she's making strides and working to become her full self so I feel like there, like that's like giving someone a line reading Mm -hmm. like saying work through the pain don't smile through it Mm -hmm. that's like the actor equivalent of giving someone a line reading
1: well and i mean like he he knows that she cut her wrist but like the the scene that charlotte and and jane have on the couch where she like opens up more yes i think like i just wish i like i understand where he's coming from but it, it you're right. It does it's like a line reading. He shouldn't be he shouldn't tell her how to work through her own pain.
0: Yeah. So, dear listeners who are not in the entertainment industry, a line reading is when a director or um, someone anybody really anyone really a, a fellow actor opens their mouth. Yeah, when someone says, "Say the line is I want to go." It's the director being like, "Okay, okay, but say like I want to go." It's them saying orally and phonetically, how you should say a line, we feel that that is what Cheldon is saying to Jane. Mm -hmm. Another line that I have that Jane says is, help me spare more pain. Mm
1: -hmm. So yes,
0: what is done is done, but you can prohibit more pain. It made me real nervous, and I knew it was going to happen, but when Jane was leaving Charlotte's office and say it's going to be okay one way or another, I think Charlotte Mm -hmm. gets that. So she's not that surprised
1: when she gets the call. So true. So true.
0: Do you have any more notes on Jane
1: no those are all my notes on Jane
0: okay alright on to Sydney and Zach Harris
1: haha ha, funny Harris
0: yes um that's my last name dear <laughs> listeners as you know and but the name is also so close to Sydney Heron which is a character mm. in early scenes of Grace Anatomy and the characters yes. are so different so I kept being like Sydney
1: Harris Sydney Heron like oh that's funny yeah it's really true <laughs>
0: What's your first note?
1: Okay, I have autism in my family, so I might get emotional, but yes. I autism is not addressed enough in TV and film and just like disabilities in general, which is really sad. And when it is, they never really fully speak to it. So like if you look at shows like like this with Zach and or like uh The Good Doctor, Autism is such a wide spectrum diagnosis and I am just so curious as to what Zach's diagnosis is. Yeah. Because they never really address it. So like they talk about things and they have, like he ran away or he is um, really having fits, but it's never addressed like what his actual diagnosis is. So it was hard to figure out what was happening Without fully understanding it, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: I agree. I absolutely agree. I do think that Zach is nonverbal. Do you think I'm correct in that? Oh, I think so, too. Yeah, because um, I was also really afraid for the actor's vocal cords with all the screaming because it didn't sound Mm -hmm. supported and that made me really nervous. Mm -hmm. But um, I think, yeah, I think that Zach's nonverbal and as he's growing, he's getting more strong. Mm -hmm. but that is all I know I am not I'm not at all an authority on autism but those are the two things that I yeah got it there is another really interesting directorial choice Mm. when Cooper says it's just a precaution for the blood test and there's a zoom on Sydney's face like literally an office style zoom like the office And then there's another one when Pete and Cooper are talking in their office and it's truly like the office, like a reaction shot. And I was, I was confused about that. I really more than anyone else want to have Mark Tinker on this podcast so I can ask him questions about this.
1: No, I agree. There's like some very weird camera angles happen. There's like a, there also is this idea of like sweeping from person to person Yeah. And getting reaction shots that it feels very, like, making fun of documentaries. Like, you know how documentaries, like, kind of sweep from person to person and there's never really a focus? Yeah. Like, I got a couple of those moments, too, and I'm like, what is happening? It's almost like they're framing this
0: episode as their PSA episode.
1: Oh, I didn't think Yeah.
0: I didn't until this very second. Really interested. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I didn't think about it till this very second, but that could be maybe what they're doing is, I
1: don't know. Well, I also thought it was like really interesting that they had two very strong, like, I feel like an autism and uh, and uh, fertility would make, like, a heavier storyline and a softer storyline would make more sense together than two very heavy storylines together, which I was- Yeah, this is the first
0: episode in a really long time that has not had nothing to do with babies.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: that was interesting.
1: I mean, like, technically, she's... Uh, Zach is Sydney's baby.
0: Yes, but, like a, like, a baby or, like, a pregnancy complication.
1: Yes. No, right. Um, I think there's a moment that really got to me. And I, it's in, like, the first office scene where she says that she's afraid of her son. Yeah. Which is something that's very hard to admit if you are a person who deals with a family member with disabilities. Because saying that means you could lose your son. Yeah. Or you could lose the person to, you know, all the all the things that happen in the States. But it's also very powerful to see how desperate she is because she's so desperate to not lose him that she's admitting to a doctor that she's scared. Which yeah, shows her desperation. Right. Which like leads into and how far the situation has gone. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I only have a few left, so if you have a lot, feel free to add.
1: Um, let me see. I, I wrote, okay, so, like, pot is a really interesting subject, especially as a Californian, because pot is legal here in California. And while I don't participate, I understand the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. So I understand not giving pot to a children, to children, but there is something that, like, we don't talk about in the idea of mental health and pot and how it can actually help people if it's done correctly. And I think mm-hmm. the, the episode shows that not doing it correctly can lead to bad complications. So like you, mm-hmm. when you get pot from like, say when she gets pot from Pete, it's a very street, different pot yeah. than on the street. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I, and I, this is a 2010 episode. So I wonder if like the view has changed on pot, but I think for children, not for children, but I can see. I'm like, they don't. He's 12? They say he's 12, right?
0: He's 12, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I could see like a child, and I'm not a doctor, so don't take my doctor advice. I could see children like 17 or 18 with some kind of mental health diagnosis or disability really benefiting from pot. And I think that we as a healthcare world, need to lean into the benefits of things other than strict medicine, because strict medicine is very hard on people. Yeah. And especially like young people with autism. My brother takes pills multiple times a day. So like it can be very hard on people to have to yeah. live off medication.
0: And that's, that's what Pete does. He's an infectious mm-hmm. disease specialist, but his, absolutely but he, what he does is all holistic medicine. So he does a lot of mm-hmm. acupuncture, a lot of herbs, Things like that. So that is what he does. But I also know that Cooper doesn't have an issue with marijuana. I know that he mm-hmm. is not anti, anti-cannabis, anti but...
1: Just the I children.
0: Think, yeah, I think his yeah. issue with it in this situation is that Zach's brain is still developing and mm-hmm. he's a child. And I think that that is where he's coming at for that.
1: I, like, had this weird question. I was trying to think, is this Munchausen? Because... Like, no, she's trying to make her child better, but she is still, like, what she's doing is not beneficial to the child. So I, like, went back and forth of, like, is this... I don't think she sees that. Right. I think
0: she is seeing, I'm so overwhelmed. This has helped me. Maybe it'll also help my child.
1: I mean, too, but Munchausen, people who commit Munchausen by proxy, like, don't think they're doing something bad.
0: You're Right. You're right. I don't know. That's a valid. That's a valid question. I don't see it that way, but uh, dear listeners, if you do, let us know.
1: Just a random thought. Okay, you're yeah. trying. Tell me more.
0: To towards the end, when Zach is in the hospital, I thought that the scratches on both of them really tell a story mm-hmm. of how far it went, mm-hmm. even before they got to the hospital, and he's in, in a medically induced coma. I think.
1: Uh. After, because remember, like, Cooper holds him down and has yes. to, like, inject him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, either that or he's sedated, something that yeah. is making him sleepy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that showing the scratches and bruises on both of them really shows that they had been what that, what that tainted drug did to him. Mm-hmm. And as
1: you said before, both of these patient storylines are so tough. Mm-hmm. The, the line that really got to me was, um... Pete and he says, "I know how difficult this is for you because you will never fully understand that interaction until you've been in one like that." Yeah, and it's and there's something really hard, like I have a a nonverbal brother and a, I have a verbal brother and and both have had we haven't had moments exactly like that but we've had hard physical moments where like you're like, what do I, do I call the police? Because like, that's not going to help anything. So it's like, when someone says, I I know how hard this is for you. You're like, no, you really don't. When she goes back to him and she says, do you have a child with autism? Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, it's a beautiful moment to, especially, you know, like fuck it to the white men who are like, I understand how hard it is for you. And she's like, no, you don't. It's just a really powerful scene that we don't get to see a lot.
0: It's so interesting that we have Sheldon and Cooper on the sides that we are not used to seeing them. And I feel like Mm -hmm. it really sheds a large light on their privilege and how... Mm -hmm. We just don't normally, like, I'm usually mad at Cooper for his personal dealings, (laughs) but not mad at him and his professional dealings. A couple episodes ago, I said to Melissa, I was like, I am anti-Cooper personally, but he always does right for his patients. (laughs) I think that, that was my exact quote, or something very similar.
1: That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This story didn't age so well either with what we were talking about with, um you know, advances in cannabis and advances in autism and
1: supporting parents with children with disabilities and Yeah. I do also think we talk about like the idea of a trans actor playing a trans actor. There are autistic actors in the world. Oh yeah. And I I didn't do any research on this actor and I should have, but I just like wonder I don't think he's autistic. But that kind of story is also really important to tell if we're gonna if we're gonna ask for trans representation we should also ask for disabled representation absolutely absolutely i also think that it is also the bare minimum
0: to ask for disabled writers on the team as well autistic writers on the writers team something to show there should be inclusion in all
1: aspects of all businesses even just for that episode like if you bring in a special a specialty writer for that episode Mm -hmm. i'll give you more credit
0: yeah, yeah. And again, I didn't do any any research on if they did. Right. Me either. Anything else for any of our patients before we move on to our merger?
1: No. Alrighty. I am done.
0: <laughs> Je <J'ai> fini. <laughs> Everyone's reaction to the news of William's death is really great. There are two that stick out the most for me Charlotte and her. Faces being like, "Oh, the man who, card- who called me heartless is dead." I'm not sad about it, but like, wow. And Sam saying, "Oh no, Naomi, I'm so sorry." With his face, those two stuck out the most to me. But William, do you know anything about William Christina?
1: I know that he died.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. He died <laughs> of ALS. He's okay. Super, super rich. He Great. was with Naomi, but he also owned the office upstairs and gave her a job to run upstairs
1: oh so she's working upstairs not downstairs now
0: yes Charlotte oh okay Charlotte used to run upstairs until William White called her heartless and fired her and then hired Naomi
1: oh I missed that okay got it yes
0: no you absolutely did which is why I'm filling you in
1: thank you
0: yeah I loved when Charlotte said everyone's on both floors all the time anyway what difference does it make boom that's what we've been saying for
1: years I was is so interested as to why the meeting it, like they have this meeting and it's so abrupt and yes. then everyone's just like, okay. And then it's done. And it's so interesting because it was, it, it was just so abrupt. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this is like an important thing we're talking about here. And you just are done.
0: Yeah. There were uh, quite a few in the past and there will be quite a few in the future where it was not this quick. So I think that it was, like there was one in uh, season two when they were in big financial trouble and everybody had to write a giant check. And that was a big discussion of Cooper specifically saying, what if we don't have this money? So that was a storyline for an entire season. And I think this was just showing that they're all cool with it.
1: I did just say my favorite reaction was, I think it's when Charlotte and Cooper and maybe Pete are like talking and and Cooper goes I'm more excited for the cookie drawer
0: and I was like <laughs>
1: same I'm more excited for a cookie drawer too
0: They're all always eating and we were also talking about when they first moved in up when when they first moved in upstairs there was all of this talk about their incredible breakfast bar and their coffee bar and people are always going up upstairs for it so yeah
1: did you have a reaction to the fact that Sam is the only one to ask Naomi how she's doing?
0: I'm glad that you picked up on that.
1: Yeah, I because I just I it was really interesting because like no one asked her how she's doing. And then they have their little meeting. And then even when you get to the end with Addison and Naomi, she doesn't ask her how she's doing. Like Naomi just breaks down and then she asks her how she's doing. Mm-hmm. But it was just like Sam's the only one who actually has a moment to be like, Are you okay? I
0: think a part of it is strictly the writing team not wanting to focus on Naomi that much this episode. I think that's part of it. And them saying, like, hmm, who is the one who should be asking her? It should be her ex-husband. But I think that a lot of this show is full of trauma in all ways. And Mm -hmm. I think that if they spent the entire time asking people if they were okay, then, like, they wouldn't. So, like, we lost a main character no more than two episodes ago and they mm-hmm. didn't mention him except for like two sentences at the top of the last episode mm. uh, like to the point where they when Sam and Addison are in the elevator and it opens and it opens right on the main desk that is where Dell used to sit that's where we know Del sitting and that's like in the pilot we opened and we saw Del right there It was almost that mm-hmm. exact same shot when Addison got off the elevator, right? I know because I just watched it last week. Oops. And like, they could have mentioned him then. Like, even just a, uh, if it were as big as, oh, what if Dell catches us? Oh no, Dell's dead. Or if it were like, uh, the temp's gonna see us. Literally, anything mentioning Dell would have been welcomed by me. Mm-hmm. But um, I I'm really glad that you noticed that Sam is the only person to ask Naomi if she was okay.
1: I- I also have a insane crush on Taye Diggs and uh, Audrey McDonald, so anytime they're alone in a scene together, I was happy. So
0: oh, see, that's why you, that's why I don't get why you're not obsessed with this show.
1: I don't. I don't know. I feel like it. I feel like this must be how I felt about Schitt's Creek*, in where like you have to get through the first season, and then you're hooked. I feel like I just never got hooked on *Private Practice*. I don't love that for you. I. I'll try again. By the next time I'm on this episode, on the show, I will have tried again. Okay. Okay. I'll talk to you about it.
0: All right. All right. All right. All right. My last note about the merger is that I'm still so confused with the time passing between episodes and when we are expected to know it is because William has now passed. But in the last episode, Naomi was in LA with Maya and Olivia, not with William, but like William has passed. So, How many days has it been? Like, has it been weeks? Uh, What's happening? No one knows.
1: Literally no idea. I mean, I feel like the same thing happens in Grey's Anatomy is you never really know how long it's been until they change, like, scrubs. I felt like that was, like, a moment when you could be like, or they pick a specialty. Oh. you You could find things based on what they're doing, which I feel like you can't do in private practice. Yeah. And not in a bad way. Just, like in a note
0: no like and there was a maya was pregnant in the last season so we could tell by being like oh she's two months pregnant oh she's eight (laughs) months pregnant that's (laughs) how we knew but now we're just like we have no idea and then randomly they were like oh this child's first birthday is coming up that's how we know
1: yeah you have to like really pay attention to things like that
0: yeah yeah are we ready for miscellaneous do you have more about the merge
1: no that's it i had only a couple notes on that (laughs)
0: Okay, I just want to put a little earworm into everybody's brain of wondering why this merger is so important to Naomi.
1: Good to know. Good to know. Yeah.
0: Do you remember in the Private Practice Crossover episode when Naomi, Sam, Addison, Mark, and Derek are in Joe's bar and they sing the song that they sung at Addison and Derek's wedding?
1: Yes. You do?
0: I, yes okay, you cut out for me I don't know. If oh so
1: oh sorry I yes I do because um anytime I hear um, Audra talents sing I remember
0: Every, anytime even when it's like 110 in the shade or ragtime Yes
1: I will <coughs> I'll always remember 110 in the shade because I have significant issues with that show. but that's a different podcast.
0: Addison Montgomery I met her in the summer she when Amelia is talking about if she was with Sam and she goes I'd write a song. I wonder if that's a dig on that. That's what I loved that callback. I want to see Amelia at Addison and Derek's wedding.
1: I want a prequel is really what I'm saying. It was funny because I also thought about that scene. I forget how wild and feisty Amelia is. Mm -hmm. Because by the time she gets to the Grey's Anatomy universe she's like already broken.
0: You're just feeding, you're feeding yourself you're feeding yourself reasons to watch this show. You're oh. like feeding them to yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably. I will probably watch the whole show. Um, but yeah, no, I felt that a lot. I was like, well, I forgot like she's actually <laughs> human and not just Owen's ragdoll. Woof, that part. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yep. Do you want to know my favorite quote from the episode? Yes, ma'am. I don't know when it was, but Sheldon goes, I woke up in a bed full of cookie crumbs, and I have never felt more seen by a line in my entire life.
0: <laughs> are we talking, like, Oreo? Are we talking, like, Famous Amos? Are we talking Literally about, any like, cookie, are
1: we though, talking? Be, Any cookies, I'd be fine. But it just made me die laughing that he was, like, straight... Like, he was very monotone the whole episode, and then he's like, I woke up in a bed full of cookie crumbs, and I was like, facts.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that part. I love that. I love that. As much as I love Sam and Addison actually being together, and I think they're good for each other, they make each other happy, all that stuff, I'm so tired of this sneaking around Naomi and what will we do thing and it's been so long and we've already had the blowout over it and the reconciliation so like I don't understand what the payoff is that this is supposed to be because we've already been there and when Sam gets mad at Addison for not telling her in the front office at work Sam says there's never going to be a right time which is true but also maybe don't do it in the lobby at work like maybe that is the least right time maybe like at least do
1: it in the office as you did that's funny because I at that moment I really wanted her to tell Naomi because I feel like there's something about I mean like not to say I've ever done um things like that but I (laughs) okay getting caught is worse than just telling somebody they've already gotten caught I oh But then why doesn't she know? Because
0: they were saying... They got caught by somebody else? No, they got caught by Naomi canoodling in Addison's office. They were just, like, giving, like, a hug after they were like, this can't be. And then Naomi found out. Naomi was so angry. That already happened.
1: Hmm. I don't know. It just feels so messy. And even when she does tell her, like, it just still feels really messy. And, like, there was no resolution. And I almost felt like we were meant to feel bad for Addison in the end. When Naomi says, I can't hear about it. Or whatever she says. Oh, yeah. You can never talk
0: to me about it. I felt that part in my soul.
1: And then they, like, zoom out on Addison and she's all sad. And I'm like, are we supposed to feel bad for Addison now? Because... She messed, like, she slept with the ex husband. So, like, I don't feel bad for her because you make choices. But, like, Naomi's also, I don't know. I was like, who am I supposed to feel bad for? Because I don't know.
0: I was also confused about that part. And I think that Naomi maybe was so upset about it because she was told this before her very best friend asked how she was about her boyfriend dying. Right. And I feel like Naomi's like, you can't even pretend to care (laughs) like like it's about you yeah it's all about you like you can't support me and what I need even though what she needs is the merger and she says I need you to support me in this merger and like why is that so important
1: to her right oh that's that's interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay back to our
0: favorite favorite psychiatrist Sheldon Mm -hmm. did you notice that in that scene with sam in the um break room he's picking all of the almonds out of the trail mix all of them every single almond nothing else like not even the chocolate pieces but just the almonds out of the trail mix over and over and over and here i am thinking about like that poor pa or art department person who in between takes had to make sure that they were the exact same number of almonds and that they were mixed in again so he could get them out. And, like, I just think that that is a great activity to be doing during a scene to give yourself something to do. And it's so Sheldon. And the fact that, that Sam so doesn't much. even – Sam Sam's not even, like, why are your hands all in the trail mix? Like, why are you picking inside, like, take what you want and then don't? But he – like, he just is not faced by Sheldon picking out all the almonds in the trail mix.
1: No, I think it's so funny how, like, when you watch shows about psychiatrists, like, how much of a, (laughs) they're in need of a psychiatrist. Yeah. Like, it's just, it adds to the the drama, and I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Pete and Violet
0: are fighting over Cooper's relationship, as we were talking about before, and Cooper, Pete, Pete, when Pete, Pete. <laughs> when Pete says a guy that can't even pick out his boxers without your help Violet so
1: nonchalantly goes Cooper Rice briefs <laughs> I just have so many questions about like that whole dynamic because like here's the thing I understand the drama of Men and women can't be friends, but like, let them be. Like, at some point, I was like, just let them be. Like, stop trying to stop trying to control your woman. Like, let her be. And, like, I don't know. It just, I was like, I was like, why are we so into this right now? I don't know. What is really
0: interesting to me, and like, I've gone in depth about what I think about this, and how if your significant other is threatened by your friendship, like, Maybe it's not the right significant other for you. Mm -hmm. I went into that like real deep last episode. Got some love about that. Yes. (laughs) And I think it's really interesting because this whole thing started with Charlotte being like, you need space from Violet. Mm -hmm. And that societally is like much more accepted than a man telling a woman that he's with that she can't have a male friend as in the way of, like, if Pete started this all off, I think we'd be having a very different conversation about a person keeping their significant other from the outside world and, like, more of... I don't want to say abusive situation because that's taking it a bit too far, but more of, like, a cutting-off-from-the-world situation where, as it started with Charlotte, we're not having that type of situation. We're having more of a jealousy
1: situation. Did you feel the same... In the scene when they're, this like skips forward, but like the scene where Violet and Pete are fighting in the house after um, Sheldon comes in, which I have a, I mean, not after Cooper Sugar. comes in, which I have a whole thing to say about that. But it, basically she says, You want obedience, get a dog. Yes. And so like that, that kind of fight was, I was like, No. I can see Charlotte being jealous, but like Pete. Pete wanted obedience, like it was. was Mm Is very different. They're having different fights. Yes, and like it's funny because like I don't know what happens, but I feel like I want to fight for Cooper and Charlotte's relationship way more than I want to fight for Pete and Violet. Okay, we'll find out. I'll watch more. (laughs) I okay, okay,
0: okay. I now want to ask you the question that I asked Melissi a couple episodes ago. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: If I tell you that one relationship can last to the end of the series between we have Sam and Addison, we have Cooper and Charlotte, and we have Pete and Violet. I'm not saying that any of them do. I'm not saying that all of them don't. But who do you think, not who do you want, but who do you think would last till the end of the series?
1: From a director actor standpoint or from like a a person standpoint or both
0: an informed viewer so you can take that from the place of like I've watched a lot of television and I I know how writers do things or from the point of like I'm a director and this is what I
1: would do if I were in charge of this well I I think I mean like I haven't watched all the episodes around this but I've watched like this from this episode I would think that Charlotte and Cooper have the strongest relationship. But also from... And then if you look from like a... uh, I've watched a lot of Shondaland TV. I could see Sam and Addison having a very strong relationship to the end because of like viewers and all of that. I, I don't see Pete and Violet only because... The whole obedience thing got to me and it gave me flashbacks of, like, Christina and Owen Mm -hmm. and, like, where he just wanted her to listen to him. And I I can see Christina and Violet being interesting parallels. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) Same line. Same line of viewing. Just a little bit back. I have just a note. Charlotte throwing the drink in Cooper's face. We love to see it.
1: Oh my god, I have questions. Okay, so I laughed so hard. So like literally my note says, wait he has a key to Violet's house. I take everything back I said. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. (laughs) And then and then it goes, also why is he still kind of wet? Do they live that close together? Like, if you watch him come in, he's still kind of wet from the drink throw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm like, do they live that, like, around the corner from each other? Like, what is happening? It made me laugh. Wait, and then can we talk about the the plant placement over oh, there making oh, yeah. bodies? <laughs> I was like, I... why? Why? <laughs> Network television. Choice? Question mark? <laughs>
0: Yeah. um oh i found a hidden note if they see each other all day at work maybe they don't need to talk all night too while they're living with their significant others that's mm, that's the second part of the note about me being like i already talked about
1: this yes
0: yeah at 16 minutes and 57 seconds dear listeners we have a green juice appearance i just want to give a shout out to our green juice tier patrons. Because at the beginning of the series, I was like, where is all the green juice? I remember so much green juice. And now I think from this point on, we have more green juice. But in the at the top of the series, it was more like coffee. So yeah, we have a green juice appearance. 16 minutes, 57 seconds. Feel free to take a look. Yes. Yes, we do. I love that Charlotte makes herself a martini every night and not just like a glass of wine. I feel like that's really her.
1: Oh, agreed.
0: Agreed. Do you have any more miscellaneous notes?
1: Oh, yeah. Why does professional women's style in 2010 involve so much jewelry? (laughs) We actually had this talk a few
0: episodes ago (laughs) with the long necklaces and like leaning over patients and how that isn't really conducive to leaning over patients with long necklaces because it would like get in their face. I did like a lot of the earrings in this episode, though.
1: Hmm. You know what I loved? I loved Naomi's Michelle Obama look. The, like, cap sleeves. No, like, the black top with the high skirt with, like, all the arm out. Yeah. Does it have cap sleeves?
0: Is it not a cap sleeve? But we're talking about the same outfit. Maybe it was just... I feel like it was
1: a cap sleeve. I don't know, but it was, like, all arms for days. Okay, my, my last two quotes that I have to talk about were when Sam goes, it wasn't your ass... (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love that that was like a point of conversation with so many of these characters
1: but it's like so true like you don't understand it wasn't your ass you can't it just like goes back to like the conversation of like what we were just talking about when I it was like I understand you or I, I feel I have compassion for you or whatever I understand what you're dealing with and he's like it wasn't your ass so all you can do is support the person whose ass it was that's fair Max, and then my other favorite quote was from addison where she goes oh and she's talking to amelia and she's like you remind me of my mom and she goes of course not i'm far too young and pretty
0: (laughs) i did i loved that one
1: loved it especially because we if you watch Grey's anatomy you know what um the shepherd's mom looks like
0: yes yes and i think she's young and beautiful Uh uh-huh all right. My last miscellaneous is in the scene with Addison and Amelia and Sam on the deck. Where are their mics? Because I'm thinking it was a boom. I don't, it could maybe be attached to Addison's bra, but with that lace, I think it might've been too much. You, you have your finger up.
1: No, no, no. Yes. Keep talking. I, I took notes about this too.
0: So it, there's nowhere it could be on Sam except in his pants, which is far too far down. And Addison, the mic could have been under the nightgown or like silk shirt, whatever that was. But like a boom is—I I was just con- like procedurally is not the word I'm looking for. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like
1: profession- professionally, like you professionally, yeah,
0: yeah. In my professional questionnaire, I want to know what sound was doing for that. Like how that was working, and like it was it ADR. It makes me think it was ADR.
1: Mm.
0: That means well, additional dialogue recording. It's when you go in after the shooting or recording, and then you you say the words again. Because I could see Diggs being really good at ADR and matching his voice to his lips. I could see him being really good at that, which it was. But it also seemed just a little bit too loud for it to be a boom.
1: Are they adding ocean sounds? Like if you listen to it, the ocean was so strong. Yeah, that I was like. I I had the same question of, like, what is the mic system? Because that ocean was loud.
0: I noticed a lot in this episode, because the songs I was familiar with, they were covers, like, they were Mm -hmm. in later Seasons of Grease, which was not yet. It was not in 2010. It was more like 2014, 15, where Mm -hmm. they had all the covers. But some of these songs were covers, and I was noticing how low they were.
1: Mm -hmm. Did you also notice in that shot, they kept cutting off the head of Addison and and, uh, Sam? Like the forehead, like when they sit down, yeah, it would be like cut to here. Yeah, I noticed that too. It was like just a strange scene in general, not bad, but just choices. no. There,
0: there have been a lot of ultimatums in this mm-hmm. relationship, and this is just like another one of them. And it feels like it was there strictly to show us that Amelia is still there, holding a bottle of tequila, avoiding her responsibilities, and to show Sam shirtless. That's
1: like what it mm-hmm. seemed like it was doing to me
0: hmm yeah yeah do you have any more stray notes
1: no those are all my stray notes
0: all right sam style i was gonna give it to sydney harris for that awesome like lioness woman shirt and the macrame short sleeve cardigan but when amelia walked into addison's office with the black crop top jean shorts and thigh high black boots like i audibly gasped and i needed to give it to her agreed I think I I think I remember taking a photo of her into my hairstylist to have my hair cut like this. I know I remember that. I'm just now thinking that it was in this episode. Yeah, that was my hairstyle. Slash maybe still is. What's your... Who is your guest star spotlight?
1: My guest star spotlight is Daryl Stevens, who plays Jane Finch. Uh, I just have to say that they're from Pasadena, California, so shout out to that. And then I like went into a deep dive. They've written two books, which is great. And then I found two shows they've been in. One was uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft County, country, which is about a, an Amer- African American couple who go on this like cross U.S. journey to find their father. Anyway, in the nineteen fifties. But there Lovecraft is a
0: country right with Journey Smollett.
1: Yes. Yes. But there's a ballroom scene, ballroom competition scene with Shangela and Daryl in it. And I died because I was like, oh my God, I love Shangela. And then they were also on this groundbreaking TV show called Noah's Ark in 2005 Mm -hmm. about four black men in LA, which I thought was very interesting and beautiful. And they're currently in Be Positive on TV. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Cute, cute. cute. I think Noah's Ark is getting like extra airtime or something on BET this month for Pride and Yeah, um, and then
1: they had a they had a coronavirus like re reboot or something like reunion. Oh. Yeah.
0: So there isn't a whole lot of trivia for this episode. All that we have is that this episode scored 7.93 million viewers, which is lower than the last episode, but still not extremely low. So that's great. So that's all the trivia we have.
1: Isn't that like 2 million less than last week's? Yes
0: that's a lot but this is the second episode of the season not the season premiere
1: oh uh, facts mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah
0: so this would normally be the part for Melissa's musings but let's call these christina's choosings <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, what <am> I <gasps> basically
0: about? what do you see happening for these characters in the next few episodes
1: mm. oh my yeah, god this is so weird because i don't want to be wrong I... No, you can be wrong. I just see... I see, like, lots of breakups in the future. I feel like there's lots of breakups and lots of makeups and... Like, I see a relationship between Roy... This is just like my own personal um, best friend is showing. I see like some kind of relationship exploring with Violet and Cooper. Melissa is adamant about that, yeah. But then I see, like, Cooper still ending up with, like, Charlotte. I think... I mean, like, based on this one episode and, like, a little bit of what I've seen before, I think that Cooper is too good for Violet. Just, like, in my opinion. um, And I see more drama unfolding with Sam and Addison. Also, I'm really sad that Addison wasn't really in this episode, because I like Addison. Yeah, she wasn't
0: really in it. Sam wasn't really in it.
1: Violet Tampa, was only... Like...
0: Yeah, Violet was only really in it for her personal things.
1: Yeah, like, the people I would watch the show for weren't in this episode. Yeah. I do think, but I still like the episode.
0: I do think that you would fall in love with Charlotte King, though the more you watch it.
1: Oh, I love a Southern Belle. I love yeah. a Southern Belle who like kicks ass.
0: She is like fully formed, <laughs> full She's just like so good. I yeah. I love her.
1: I could I could also Martini and I could see I could see it.
0: Could yes, see it. yes. Do you have any? Since we talked so much about these storylines, um, do you have any storylines? I know I'm just like springing this on you that you would love to see them explore whether through a 2010 lens or not. So like keeping in mind that there's a lot of um, like fertility storylines, a lot of pregnancy storylines and a lot of mental health
1: storylines. That like, I know they wait, like question. Like if I know they explore, like, do I, do they have to explore it and I just don't know about it or like anything in general?
0: anything in general so like for instance on Grey's we were like oh they should really have like some COVID storylines in the COVID season and then they did like something I know that's very vague
1: mm. but something no, no. like I think that so if there's a lot of babies in this show I think that miscarriages would be really interesting to explore there's not a lot of tv shows that talk about miscarriages or from both the male and female side of what happens as well as especially with what's happening with all the women in Roe versus Wade and that getting overturned, even in a, like, even in 2010, I, I wasn't afraid it would be overturned, but there was always fears of, I mean, I'm, I'm not the product of a teen mom, but I have a, my brother is the product of a teen mom. And so I always think having conversations about young people and their options would be really interesting to have on T V because the options we're shown are, you know, sixteen and pregnant or, you know, giving children away. There's never really a discussion about having an option to take your rights into your own hands. Especially as a woman who lives in a blue state, I think that's really important to talk about. Especially in a show that if you are you say talks about babies a lot. Yes, yes. And um there is a lot of
0: all of those things. So I'm glad that you'd like Go to ahead. see it. Yay. Do you have anything else before we go to ratings and MVPs? No. (laughs) So I'll go first just because I know that this is your first time and that can be stressful. Thanks. So my MVP is Charlotte for standing up for Jane throughout and showing her humanity and also possibly immediately forgiving Cooper. I feel like after all the strife that we've seen in the last four seasons (laughs) her immediately forgiving cooper was like nice to see so that we didn't have to sit through them fighting again i considered addison for telling naomi but then i thought more about it and we didn't see her do anything else in this episode and she also didn't ask how naomi was so i'm giving it to my girl charlotte king dr charlotte king who's your mvp
1: okay so my MVP would be Charlotte, but since you chose that, I'll choose something else. No, you I... can. You can choose no. whatever you want. Okay. I think... Okay, this... I think that Cooper should get MVP this episode. First off, for his um conversations with Pete and all of that about... Um, and sending up for autism and all of that, but also I think that while you see, like, the relationship with violet and cooper go through everything in the end he's like here's your key like i am
0: it was funny because she
1: boundaries well because she comes back and she says you know i was going to ask for it anyway and i go were you because i don't I, i for some reason i i could see cooper giving it i couldn't see violet asking for it back and i think that it shows he's bigger and then he goes home and he has a moment with charlotte and it was like it was really nice to see them like have a connection again so I, I think that Cooper Cooper earned some points this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Something I meant to mention during the episode is um,
0: I respect the boundaries that they're talking about implementing in this relationship, but I also think it's really important to notice and speak on the fact that the boundaries haven't been articulated. So, like, how are they to know where the boundaries are if they have not been told? about these boundaries so like Mm -hmm. it's very important that violet said to her what is it tuesdays and sundays
1: tuesdays and sundays
0: yes so he
1: asked for thursdays and he says yes no
0: yes 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 but it's important because how is he to know where the boundaries are if he's not told
1: like either of them on either side and i think they should be in charge of setting it not their significant others what a concept Mm -hmm. what a concept
0: (laughs) but true my rating, it actually came to me this episode, which it didn't come to me last time with Margo and we were both sitting there like, Rah! but it actually came to me this episode. So I'm proud of it. My rating is tanning oil. It's was very popular in 2010 slash maybe still is in some sects, but definitely not mine where there's so much skin burning and skin cancer, but um, it's po- popular at the time it was used but not now and it's uncomfortable to watch.
1: I think my rating is a beachfront Airbnb but they leave you a cookie basket when you check in.
0: Oh that's so nice. I would love that. So why are you thinking that slash are you hoping for a cookie basket at our getaway in a few weeks?
1: (laughs) I mean always want a cookie basket but I think that so like There's lots of couples in this season episode. So it's cute to have like an Airbnb getaway, but then there's also lots of cookies in this episode and having a cookie, something about it makes you like happier already. So I think these relationships need to find their happiness and maybe a cookie basket will help that and a getaway.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Oh my God. Thanks for having me. And I'm coming back. I think.
0: Yes, you are. We are not seeing you till season four. Episode 17. Oh, cool. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at bhabpodcast and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media.
1: And you can follow me at prima donna peña on all social media
0: if you'd like to support beach House and babies please consider leaving us a rating and review on apple podcasts and sharing with a friend as christina said (laughs) it really helps people to learn about the show and we might read your review on the podcast you can also become a patron at patreon.com slash bhab podcast on our next episode we'll be discussing private practice season four episode three They're available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our Listener Mail segment.
1: Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT!
0: But if you would have told me at 10 or 11 years old that I would have a podcast about a Grey's Anatomy spinoff I would have definitely believed you
1: oh I yeah I could yeah. see that as you as a child that oh be, yeah that would I, first
0: be I, correct first I'd be like what's a podcast <laughs> be like it's like a recorded radio show and then I would have said talk radio like what my dad listens to ew <laughs> conversations talk radio, on- like that. yeah no